Welcome to Rebecca Sounds Reveille. What a show do I have for you today. You are going to be so delighted, just as I am, because the woman with me today is a radio show host. She is founder of Loving Arms for Families. She's been an independent sales representative and knows business. Let me tell you, she's been an eligibility reviewer. She has volunteered for the American Red Cross. We want to hear all about these things because these things are important to what she does. Um, she's recently been featured, and I really suggest you take a look at what she's been featured in in a magazine. And boy, the magazine's called Voyage LA. You've got to check out her featured article, uh, the interview there. Absolutely amazing. But the organization that we're going to talk with it. Uh, her about today is absolutely unbelievable. It aligns with what I'm about, and that's helping victims overcome trauma. Yes, we have got to talk about this and take this head on. And this is what my guest does with her organization. It, the organization itself has a goal of, whoop, you got to hear this, focusing on helping people overcome trauma by using arts in order mm -hmm. to assist, wait for it, veteran families. And these veterans that are specifically touched by domestic violence and also have children that have been diagnosed with autism. This is a niche that nobody has addressed so far. Let me say this again. Veterans specifically that have children with autism. What a journey that the guest I have today has taken on. And I am so delighted. I, I can't even begin to express how excited I am to have her on today because the arts that she has developed to help these children and those that are involved with this have an expression to overcome and cope with the trauma is really, really amazing because there's no, there's not many, I should say. There's, that really have the ability to focus on this particular niche. And she does. Without any further ado, I'm going to let her share the rest because this really touches my heart. And this is really, really amazing. So, with me today, I have the founder of Loving Arms for Family and radio show host, Tanika Drake. Welcome to the show. Thank you, Rebecca. Thank you for having me. I am absolutely delighted. I know that this is such a, I mean, the topic itself is so hard to talk about for some people, and yet it's something that is so needed. It's, it's challenging. It's daunting, but it is needed. People don't want to address this, and you and I both are just plugging away at really wanting to focus on these issues of trauma. But yours is honed in on something that I don't know of anyone that is really focused on this specific niche. Tell me more first about a little bit about your background and how you ended up moving on the journey to helping veterans with autistic children. Okay, so briefly I was 
in the military for a very brief stint. And I also am a survivor of domestic violence that I went through. And finding out during that time of going through domestic violence, I was finding out my daughter was also being diagnosed with autism at the same time. So it was a lot to deal with, <clears throat> excuse me. And the Veterans Administration, the VA, as I love what they do and help veterans, they couldn't help me with that. They couldn't help me with autism and they very rarely had anything that touches about domestic violence. They would always be to people outside of the community, but there was no one to help me at all. And when you talk to someone and say, well, I'm a veteran, they're like, oh, well, what do I do with you? <laughs> right, right. And it's even more difficult if you're a female. Yes, because that presents challenges itself. Right, alone. right. Yes. So I was so excited in myself because I wanted to do this from years ago. Um, in 2006, I had been in an in a article in the Gazette magazine because I was living in Colorado. And I had said at that time, I want to be able to help families who have been touched by abuse. I walked away from that and I said, you know what, Lord, perhaps that's not going to happen. So it wasn't until 2016 that I was woken up for two weeks straight. Every morning, like clockwork, at three o'clock in the morning, I would get up, read my scripture every day. And I'm like, Lord, why am I waking up at three o'clock in the morning every day? And I saw that there was this organization called Direct Incorporation that they help you do nonprofit. I was like, I'm not opening that, Lord. I'm telling God no. So I said, I'm not doing this. No, no, no. I was feeling like a Jonah. I was like, I don't want to do this. I, no, no, no. So every single day for two weeks straight, like clockwork, I look at the time, 3.01, 3.05, and I get in my word drop on my face. And I said, fine. I took out my debit card and I subscribed to them to help me get things started. Help me run the name. Help me find all of that stuff just to get it started. After that two-week period, I slept like a baby. I was like, really? <laughs> oh, my goodness. So you knew you were being called. Yes. To do this. To a do lot it. of people don't wake up to the, I mean, and you had a literal wake-up call, but <laughs> a lot of people don't wake up to the calling that they have. And we all have a purpose. Yes, we, we do. do. We do. And if we could just let, let what our passion is. And someone told me a long time ago, if it's something that is angry, that makes you upset, and you can't hardly stand to bear seeing the injustice or something that you wish you could change, that's your passion. It's your purpose. It's your drive. It's your why. But if you don't feel that way and you say, well, it'd be nice to be a gardener, that could be something that you might like, but it doesn't drive you. And in right. time, you know, and you just like, you don't have an expression the way you do. If it's something that you're passionate about, that's what your passion is, your purpose, and you work your purpose and you got the passion inside of it. Oh, I feel you. I feel you because there's been times when I love helping people whether it's through TV or when I'm out in the community or whatever. And when, I mean, I have some, you know, physical challenges or whatever. And when I am not feeling good and I, I have to take a step back for a little while, 
I'm really down. And it's not just because of that. It's because I'm not out helping people. It drives me insane. And I, it, it kind of brings on a, like a depression, you know, like, oh, yeah. no, I, I really should be doing this and stuff like that. And as soon as I start doing these things again, I'm filled with joy. Yeah. It's so amazing that you say that. But how did you, I mean, just really hone in on this because now you're providing support groups and you've got community resources connected. And the thing is, too, you found that crafting, specific, specifically arts, were helping mm -hmm. with the, de the developmental disability, if you will, really make change. Yes. And so I'm going to say this. People think arts and crafts is just popsicle sticks <clears throat> and just, you know, coloring. And it's not just that. When you're going through trauma, any kind of trauma, sometimes you don't want to speak. Sometimes you don't want to write it down. You don't want to journal. You don't want to talk to a therapist. You just want to do something. And I found for me, when I was going through that, when I didn't know, nobody, I didn't tell my family what I was going through. I held that by myself. So anytime I was angry or sad or crying, I would find myself crafting through tears, angry and just crafting. So eventually, while I was working uh, for the state, I was crafting as I normally do. I had usually have things I make on my desk, like colorful pens I've created. And one of my workers came to me my coworker, she's like, hey, I think that you can make me something for Pinterest. I was like, I'm not the one. She's like, I've seen your desk. You're the one. I was like, okay. So she's like, can you make me some baby shower um, invitations? And she showed me a picture on Pinterest, a professional picture of a baby Mickey Mouse with two little buttons. And it has like um, a brad on it. So you can open it and you can see. Okay. So I was like, I don't know. That looks really professional. She's like, you can do it. So I said, well, let me try, let me bring you a demo. I brought her a demo. She's like, see, I knew you could do it. It was just like the picture, just I did it differently. So I said, well, tell me what colors you want. And so therefore I did that. So next thing I knew, I brought her the invitation. She, she said it was a gift to her friend. So she got it. And while she was opening up the, the package, because I made it a package, she was opening it. She went, oh, these are great. There was another coworker eavesdropping, not doing her job. Um, but she was eavesdropping and she looked over her cubicle and she's like, Tika, did you do that? <clears throat> I said, yes. She's like, can I talk to you for a minute? I was like, okay. I was like, am I in trouble? She's like, no, no, no. She's like, we have a Christmas party happening. Could you make the entire office Christmas cards? I'm like, what? I was like, for everyone? She's like, yeah, for, we, you know, we have police officers here that work in this area. So for them, for the, the supervisors, for all the colleagues, and then we'll just reimburse you for whatever you use. I was like, everybody? It was oh, about 40 wow. cards, 35 to 40 cards for everyone. I was like, but we have some people who don't even believe in Christmas. She's like, we'll make them a card. Just don't put anything Christmassy on it. I was like, what? <laughs> so I made one, and we had someone who was a Jehovah's Witness. And she said, I don't celebrate Christmas. I said, I know. So I gave her a card, but it had nothing but little coffee cups on it. I was like, there you go. It doesn't say anything about Christmas. She's like, well, I'll take this card, but it doesn't mean I like it. I was like, okay. Uh, that's okay. <laughs> but you found 
you found that it had a release for you too at the same time. Right. It brought people joy and it brought me, it brought me as I'm working on the project, it was bringing me relief because that was like my self care. So while I'm doing this for somebody else, it's actually helping me because that's something I love. That's another of my passions is crafting. So when she said that, that was like, oh, you say the word, I'm going to do it because I love to do it. So when I came to California, I said, well, let me try my hand at this church. And they had asked asked me if I could be part of their vacation Bible school. And at the time I couldn't, I said, but I can do something else since I can't be the one to teach your arts program. Can I just do some bookmarks? She's like, sure. I was like, how many do you need? She's like 50. I was like, you mean 15, one, five. She's like, no, five, zero. I was like, (laughs) bookmarks? She's like, yes. And so I brought it. I made them. I stayed up every night making them their bookmarks for the VABS program. And I brought it. And she's like, thank you for blessing us with your gift. I said, it's the only thing I could do. And my family was a little upset. They was like, you didn't charge them? That's 50 bookmarks. I was like, I didn't do it for the charge. I couldn't be there. So it was my gift to them. So, yeah, I'm a very devout believer in crafting so this is really, really good. Let me ask you now for the children, how the, those with autism, mm-hmm. how does craft, crafting work for them? Okay, so for them, because, because there is such a broad spectrum when we're talking about- There is. Um, right, on the spectrum. So and for- a lot of people, Can I just stop right there? Because a lot of people don't realize that there really is- they call it the autism spectrum. And so some people there, there's a symbol for that. And it, it will have, you'll see people that will have a ribbon on the back of their car with puzzles in the little different colors. And that's a symbol of a spectrum because when children have a disability that doesn't, there's different levels, if you will, of Mm -hmm. disability. And so, um, the spectrum way back when, if you go talk to older people, there there is really what is now considered a derogatory term, and they they might just go, oh, that particular person, um, and it starts with an R, right? And they'll say, okay, that person is this, but that's really not it because there is this broad base, and people really need to understand that that children and they become adults, they fall into different parts of this and their their behavior and their learning style is very very different in fact so much so that we need to be sensitive to this because when they're out in public and especially when they decide or they end up moving on their own by choice they they go out in public depending on how they're approached it can be very very scary for them and they can act out in certain ways and so we need to be aware. It's, it's yeah. important for us to be educated, even if we don't have someone close to us or a child of our own who has autism or is in the spectrum. So it's really important because we need to be sensitive. And I find that those that are in the spectrum are very, very wonderful, beautiful people. Yeah. And yes, yes. I'm so excited. So I just had to throw that in there real quick. Oh, no, I appreciate you doing that because I think um, that's where, and for me, cause my daughter, she has autism, but she's extremely smart. And like you said, she learns differently. Doesn't mean she's stupid. 
It's just she has a way that she processes things so fast that when she's speaking, if you don't listen clearly, you'll hear just a blah. But she would might have said something like, I don't want to talk to you right now. And she said it so quickly that it didn't sound like words. But she would okay. process stuff. So um, for her, whenever I'm doing crafting, it slows her down, her mental. It slows her mental. Oh, okay. So that she can pay attention to the crafting and, you know, fine motor skills and help sure. her take things. Because, you know, they need that in school because she uses different types of services like OT and speech and whatnot. So when we're crafting and we're utilizing our cognitive development, that's helping for not just trauma adults, but for our children that have a different kind of learning style. They might not want to just sit through a whole bunch of reading and talking, but get them to craft something, get them to put things together and to glue things. And they can paint and do all kinds of stuff because they enjoy the freedom of the creation that they're making. And they don't have to talk about it. They're free to just create. So for my daughter, whenever we're doing crafting, because I do a lot of that stuff in my house, I have my kids paint, I have them do creations of stuff. And because my house is filled with all kinds of stuff, they get to do all kinds of watercolors and everything. And my daughter is, she's in tune with that. She enjoys that. It's a release for her too, because if she can't really speak and get her needs met in the art world, she doesn't uh -huh. have to be met. She's enjoying and having her own personal self-care where she's just a normal kid, like everybody else, creating a beautiful masterpiece. That is so neat. That is so neat. Um, what, it's really interesting because prior to, if you, okay, so I'm retired law enforcement, but a few years prior to me retiring, I actually took a class um, and it was given by an instructor who had a child that had a, you know, developmental disability. And it was very fascinating to learn because our response as law enforcement can be very threatening to a child that has a developmental or, or an adult child, uh, you know, that has a developmental disability. And so it was, it was very, very fascinating for me to learn. And this now is even more fascinating because what I'm thinking is even just that in itself is if you were to say, okay, you, you know, if something comes on as a, a potential threat, you could say, here, you know, draw this on the paper for me. And maybe that can calm someone down right? into a way where you can, let's say somebody got, a child got lost and you want to help them or something. I mean, I don't know. But in your specific, you have a community, a community place for people to go and they can learn to overcome these traumas. You have a resource site that is absolutely unbelievable. Your website is just, it blew my mind. I, I started looking at this and I'm thinking, look at all of these resources that are available, but you also have a place for people to go. Yes. I want to hear about this. Well, for me right now, I was working with a lot of different people, but for me, I try to connect. I try to connect with other people in the community for what I'm working on developing. So for the autism itself, I wanted to be a linkage for people to get resources. So I do provide a place for people to go when they don't know where to go as a veteran trying to get their child 
to get resources that has autism. Like, I don't know where to go. VA may or may not know, but sometimes they don't connect everybody to out here in Southern California Harbor Regional Center. Right. So if you don't know that, it's very, very difficult and it's very, very challenging. It's very frustrating when your child is to you spazzing out of control, you're trying to calm them down, but you don't have the tools, you don't know what's going on, you've never had to deal with this development disability, and now you're supposed to take care of this child, like how? And I found that out that I also helped a mom. She, she just recently had found out that her son was diagnosed with autism, and he's four years of old. And she was crying, she was upset. She's like, you, what about your child? Do you not know her favorite color? I was like, well, that's not really my concern. And, she, and because I didn't know my child's color, she started just bawling. Like, I don't know his color. I don't know. You don't. I said, you need to connect with the Harbor Regional Center so that they can help you. And she's like, I don't know. And try to get him to toileting. And he's just fighting me. And I'm just, and she was so frazzled. I said, oh, because they have the programs that can help you learn about some of these behaviors that your son is exhibiting. And then you can know going forward how to move. I said, it's, it's always helpful when the more we know, the more we can grow and we're able to assist ourselves. But if you don't know where to go, if you don't have the knowledge, you're just flailing around like, oh my gosh, what am I doing? That's so, even though she, you know, even though she wasn't a veteran, I said, I know you still need something because that child has been diagnosed with autism and I know where to connect you to. That's right. And that's super important. I mean, having, having resources yes. is huge because like you said, I mean, if somebody has a situation and at least if they are able to be directed where there is a community of, let's say, let's say that you could only connect them to the autism resource in the VA. Let's say, let's just use that for an example. Okay. in in whatever state that they're in um that autism center there they they might say well we're only for veterans but there's a center right down the street with whatever that local hospital is and that's who you need to call so even though you're based in southern california and they're in New Jersey and you hook them up with that particular location. I mean, it's a connection. It's a resource. It's, it's an opportunity that they didn't have before. So you are providing a huge opportunity, a base, a baseline of something that isn't known to, to most people right now. I mean, this is huge. Yeah. And uh, you know what, Rebecca, like you said, that word, haunting, because this is huge and I did not want to embark on it, I know where I've stepped. And someone was telling me, well, why don't you just do for veterans touched by domestic violence? Just do the veterans touched by domestic violence and leave the kids out of it. Or just pick veterans that have children with autism. I said, well, I could do that, but they are in connected differently because these are, and I know what they were saying. They said, those are three specific groups that you're trying to lump in one, domestic violence on by itself, veterans by themselves, autism by itself. And I was like, but this is what my passion is and it's brought together because I'm the veteran. I think domestic violence didn't have a child. See, you, we have to go with what we're called to do. 
And if somebody, you know, they don't, if they're not someone that believes um, in God or higher power, they still will feel a certain pulling, something that is coming to them and they need to listen to this and not just say, well, you know, I don't know. Right. These are important things. And if you know that this is something specific, yes, you know, I need to do this. Don't listen to what everybody else says. Um, uh, you know, you only need to do this. Well, there's a lot of opinions out there and somebody else might say, I don't know who told you that, but you need to do this. You need to do what you feel is right based on the things that are, have been presented before you and what you feel about that. That's the way, the direction that you, you need to go. And you have brought something to the table that is not anywhere else. And I think that's what's phenomenal and you should be doing. I really do. I mean, this is, this is fantastic. I, you know what, I had, <laughs> there's so much I want to do with this organization that I'm finding that there's more to it than that. Because even with the crafting part, which is one part that's amazing, when I send people to the Harbor Regional Center and these other places that are here, it's like connecting with the community organizations here. But I went to an IEP meeting and I'll speak about that very quickly. I went there with two organizations here that um, deal with my children. They came with me to the IEP meeting. I left that meeting feeling so empowered, so encouraged, mm -hmm. having more zeal for my organization than I did before because I went in prepared, even though I was prepared before by myself. But when you have your own arsenal, when you have your own support team, you feel better when you go in against the, the district, you know, that they're saying all these bad things about your kid. But you have people saying they're advocating for you. They're helping you. I think it's amazing. Let, let's really, really share with the viewers the key points of your organization. When they go to your website, and I want you to share with the viewers what your website is, okay. what exactly that they are going to be able to acquire there, you know, by going. Okay, so for the website, which is lovingrsforfamilies.org. On the website, you'll get all different kinds of resources for domestic violence, for autism, for anything that you might need help with. And what I've been trying to work on, again, to establish was the parent support groups for those families and those parents that want to connect with other parents who have kids who have uh, those special needs and disabilities, whether it's a child who's young like mine or, excuse me, an adult child who has autism, Asperger's, or even cerebral palsy, someone, something specific with special needs. I don't want to, like, take anybody out, but specifically, I wanted to create parent support group so that other parents are not thinking, well, I'm the only one going through this alone. Are there anybody else here? Because we don't have a lot of parent support groups specifically for parents that have special needs. And at the same time, I also am doing and trying to create again crafting classes so that that's self-care and allows people, parents as well, if they want to participate, allows them to take a breather just for themselves because they do so much with these kids. As a special needs parent, you have so much responsibility and you're a veteran, you need some time to breathe. You really well, this, 
It's true. A lot of times people forget how much work is involved for the caregiver. Right. They do. And when I think about what I recently was not tapping into because Harbor Regional, they provide this service called respite care. And respite care is is like a, a unique babysitter who deals with children who have a disability. Okay. 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 It's like, if you need a break, say you want to go out to a movie, you call them, they come over and watch your child because they are able to deal with that child because they have the credentials. I gotcha. So I used to have people watch my child and they would never come back. They didn't know how to handle her. Oh my goodness. It's true. That's not okay. It's not, but that's, and that's where I, I wanted to let people know that this, these are not, no, yeah. because then you're thinking, what happened while I was gone? Was my child okay? You, no. Yeah, and, you know, you have to be careful, too, because even though, you know, the labels are, are harsh, even when you leave your child in a daycare, and if they cannot voice to you what happened to them, they are able yes. to be liable to be abused over and over and over again. And they can't say, mommy, such and such hit me because I didn't go to the potty or I couldn't tell them. And I ran into that with my my own spouse that my children were telling me that she, my daughter who has autism, was a subject of a lot of abuse when I was at work because she's the one that wouldn't be able to say, hey, daddy did X or something. So I felt for my kids and I said, I didn't go to work. Because I was so scared that someone's going to do something to them and they can't talk. And I've seen it all the time that the daycare providers, even the cameras on them, and they're hitting these kids. They're shoving them and they're telling them, go sit over there. And it hurts my heart because my kids can't defend themselves. I Exactly. You know, it makes me tear right now because I said I was going to work to go and support myself and my kids but my children were being harmed because I had to choose whether to leave them in daycare or for, you know, them to be cared for while I work, but the people were harming them and not treating them. And it's, it's really kind of difficult. I mean, I'm, I'm really upset about this as we talk too, because I just think about when you, how defenseless, This is, I was just, even just a hard intro to bring this topic on. I mean, this is hard. We got to, but we got to talk about this, you know, because we've got to make these changes. And what I wanted to say is that the cost of daycare is so high. Oh my gosh. It's astronomical. The, the choices here to support your family, right? Right. And the amount it costs for daycare. I mean, you're you're at this. It is a really difficult situation to be in to be a parent. Yes. And supporting your child and then also having to pay. It's almost like it cancels it out, and you're like, "Why am I even working?" But then, in the same sense, where am I going to get the money to pay for this food? But yet, all that all that I'm working for is really going to daycare. I mean, there's this huge. Cycle as cycle. a parent when yeah. it comes to the income to debt ratio and and adding the childcare in there. I mean, this is a a really ugly situation. And when you throw into the mix, just okay, that's on the final issue. When you throw into the mix, 
the potential for abuse because a child can't defend themselves and they cannot vocal what's happening. This is a really, really ugly situation. And, yeah. um, and it's hard to think about. What's even worse is that, and, and I, I don't know that it's worse because if you have a child that can't vocalize things, it's, just, it's not the same as a child that has or is on the spectrum. But I, I think it's, it might be a little bit more challenging because a child that's on the spectrum may have more behavioral challenges and might create more abuse um, oh. situations that might come up. I don't know. But all in all, I mean, this is an ugly, an ugly thing. And so you do have these, you do have these children that um, end up having internal um, trauma that they're struggling with that needs to come out and they need to get healed. And it can come and be from inside the home and it can come from outside the home. And obviously you are concerned about this. You are taking this on and you are allowing people to have resources and the ability to fulfill a need that is much, much, I mean, it's a need that is, is really, really needed. I don't know. I don't it is know not what being met. To have me at a loss for words here, I mean, that doesn't happen very often. I'm a talker, I got to tell you, and this is just, oh, you know, this is overwhelming. Um, it's an overwhelming situation. And then you have the domestic violence on, on top of it. I mean, it's, it is right. domestic violence when it's internal. And, but when you have it, when you're going on in daycare and elsewhere, you've got other things going on. But I really, I really admire what you're doing. I'm wondering if you're needing volunteers to help your organization grow or how that, you know, what you need from the community. I'd like to address that so that our viewers, if they're watching, can um, maybe they know somebody or, you know, whatever it is that you need. I'd like to ask my viewers to, to, um, become involved with that and then of course on the other end if there's something that they need that you have available they know how to get involved so it's a it's a mutual thing here back and forth with with this okay well i definitely thank you for this platform and for me i am definitely looking for tons of volunteers in every aspect of the word whatever someone can do whether they know how to build websites or whether they know how to do um, anything that happens to do with childcare specifically and leadership and stuff like that, I definitely need that. And as well, if someone knows about spaces out here in Southern California that are available, I'm looking for new spaces to do the parent support groups and okay. do the new crafting classes. Cause I was working with the church before, but I'm not utilizing their space any longer. So now I have to find a new place to do these groups that were happening and people keep okay. asking me, where's the groups again? I'm like, I gotta find another venue, so. Okay, very good, very good. So uh, viewers, if you wanna get involved um, with, um, oh my gosh, loving, loving Arms for Families, please get involved uh, or get in touch with Tanika Drake. She could absolutely use your support to help those veterans um, that have been 
um, in the domestic violence cycle and they have children who um, are on the spectrum and have dis developmental disabilities, she could use your help in parent support groups, caregiver groups, um, you know, helping with the crafting, all of those things. And if you know of a venue or even multiple venues, because if she's got um, those volunteers that are there, then she can spread the resources around and make um, even more opportunities available for people to get help. And I think that this is a fabulous thing. And since this is in the Los Angeles area and we broadcast broadcast across the globe, you may know of somebody in the LA area. Many, many, many of us do. So please make sure that you share this with your friends, family, and on your social media so that this gets out and the opportunity for this resource to get in the hands of somebody that needs it is there. And again, Tanika, can you give out your website address so that our viewers can get that out there? Yes, it's www.lovingarmsforfamilies.org. Lovingarmsforfamilies.org. Thank you, Tanika, for being on the show today. I got a little bit tongue-tied and a little choked up there, and I want to thank you for doing that to me because that just shows that you got me good. Thank you, Rebecca, for there. Yeah. <laughs> and I want to thank all of you for watching. Um, this is a really good show because, gosh, it, to get me going there, and not only that, for you, for you guys to be able to have an opportunity to see something new that's out there, and it's a resource that I think you really need to get out, like I said, to your friends, family, everywhere on social media, most of us. LA is huge. Most of us know somebody or is connected to somebody in the Los Angeles area. And not only that, but even if you're not in that area, the thing is those resources may know somebody that is in your area. So this is, this is an opportunity to really address and spread out the, um, the resources to those who are in need. So get that out there. And, um, if you have any challenges of remembering what that website is, there's an article that's accompanied with this, with this particular episode. You'll have all the links and information that you need to get in touch with Tanika and the Loving Arms for Family resource.